Hello again, everyone. Gary Morgenstein, co-host of Coastal Commoners, here from Brooklyn, the center of the known universe, with my buddy, my partner in podcast crime, Arcee Samo in Orange County. Hey, Arcee, how you doing? Happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday to you, too. Happy Election Day. We will talk about the results next week, as everyone has already made up their mind, and we are not going to influence anybody last minute. No, and but we do want what we do want to influence people is to make sure all those folks out there who haven't voted, please vote. Yes, we, we don't care who you vote for. Uh, right in your grandmother's name, it doesn't matter. But this is a sacred duty, and remember, there's nothing immutable about freedom. Uh, millions of Americans sacrifice their lives, their limbs, their mental health, their families. Uh, to preserve this freedom so that we can go out there and vote. So please do. Uh, we are, you know, everyone is always you know, attacking America. Well, we're actually the envy of the world. People want to come to live here. There's no caravans of Americans trying to illegally enter other countries, okay? Right. They want to live here, and most of the world, sadly, doesn't live in, in freedom. And no, unfortunately. So this, yeah. Yes, so we, we cherish this, so, so please vote. And just as importantly, please respect the results. You know, as, as my beloved Winston Churchill said, democracy is the worst form of government, except for all the others. And you don't always win. Hello? <laughs> well, you know, we have, we have a culture of everybody gets a trophy now, so people do get upset when they don't win. But yes, life is not always fair. We don't always win. Uh, I will only say one thing regarding the election. Uh, We have been – Prop 10 is a – it's a nice idea um, in that they want to make it uh, affordable housing for renters. But it limits Mm -hmm. the rights of the owners and puts bureaucrats in charge of people who own their property and dictate to property owners – how to handle their property and sales of their property and things of that sort. Um, my big issue is that a lot, a lot of the ads uh, to vote against Proposition 10 in California have said Bernie Sanders supports Proposition 10. That's interesting. Well, Bernie Sanders, you are the senator of Vermont, 3,500 miles away from California, and if this is a states' rights issue, shut the hell up because you're not one of our senators. If Senator right. Feinstein had said she is for Prop 10, or I'm sorry, against Proposition 10, I can't say anything because she's a California senator. She has a right to have an opinion on a state event or a state proposition. If this is federal, Bernie, talk all you want. California, shut up. Yes. That's all I'm going to say. Well, you know, Bernie's already eyeing the 2020 California Democratic presidential primary. So, right? That's what it's all about. I'm sure of it. But the fact is, you are not a senator of of California. Uh, If this was a federal issue, by all means, you have every right to say whatever you want. But this is a state issue. Please stay out of our business. Yes. As I intend to stay out of Vermont business. Yes. Now, do you have anything called you – know, here in New York, we have rent control, rent stabilized. We do, do have rent like control that? in California. But okay. the, but they want to readjust this rent control notion 
and limit the rights of the owners. So now I'd have to take special permission as a homeowner on selling my property. And that is the issue that I have. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's kind of intrusion. Actually. Yes. You know, it's, I mean, there's one thing, there's nothing wrong with making sure that an owner can't double your rent when the lease is up. Right. that's horrible. Right. Uh, so there should be some, you know, the people could plan to not be forced out. Mm-hmm. But if you want to sell your home, you know, you can't discriminate. You shouldn't be allowed to discriminate against a potential buyer. But right. it's still your property. Of course. So, yeah. Okay. All right. We yeah. agree on this. Yes. And I, I'm not, you know, like I said, if Feinstein came out and said she was against it, Kamala Harris came out and said they, she was against it, no problem. They are our state senators. This is a state issue. Um, an outside member uh, of the Senate, you know, although a senator, not our senator, please be quiet on California politics. Yes. Well, all right. On a happier note, yes. I went, I survived a grueling uh-huh. four and a half hour journey by mass transit and Uber uh-huh. to New Jersey yesterday for my um, cousin-in-law's 50th birthday party. Wow. I was Yes, I was in the wilds of New Jersey. Mars Plains was a train station. Mm-hmm. And we went to Parsippany. And um, my in-laws are lovely people. Wonderful. But it's a long journey. Uh, but, but so the good part, uh, other than seeing people, and um, fortunately I had yoga today, mm-hmm. so I was able to twist and unsnap <laughs> the, the, the bonds, the adhesions uh, from sitting up in, in the train and um, the subway. But I finally got an Uber app. My wife has been saying, let's just get an Uber app. Because in Brooklyn, uh-huh. you say, yo, taxi, you don't really think about an Uber. Right. And, um, you know, Ubers as well, New York traffic is so bad. Mm-hmm. In large part because of Ubers. Additional cars on the road. And I'm not a big fan of cars anyway, with with apologies to everyone out there in California. I see you, Aussie. I know you love cars. I uh, I, I do love cars. Uh, I have a cousin who's a mechanic, and uh, you know uh, we have we have a lot of gearheads out here. Oh really? Yeah. So you know, if you have you know something happens to your transmission, you don't you don't clutch your heart and say, "Oh my God, this is a ridiculous price." Well, no, you do because you're still probably on the 405 freeway driving up to L.A or on the five freeway going anywhere between San Diego to Seattle, freaking out that your car just stalled on the busiest time of day. Yes. Because, you know, that that's my luck, you know, would be to have my car stall at rush hour and have the transmission oh. drop because, you know, God has a sense of humor. And when I act out, he's, he takes it out on me. He's like, remember well, your place. Yeah. Well, there's also the subway. Now, it used to be that, you know, the subways would store and there wasn't air conditioning. So those days are long gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, technology, we have better subway systems. But right. it's, getting around anywhere is a pain. Now, I yes. must say that despite the four and a half hours, mm-hmm. uh, there was no real delays. Mm-hmm. And everything was well. And the dinner was good. I'm glad. And I was allowed to, you know, I, I don't know how much wine I drank. Because when you're in the restaurant setting, they keep refilling it, mm-hmm. which is very subversive. I like, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a, a huge drinker. I like my glass, you know, glass, a glass, a quarter of wine mm-hmm. uh, every day. But when you keep pouring it, then I lose track. And I right. was with my brother-in-law, and we were just like, well, how much do you think we've had? I don't know. 
Glenn, I'm not driving. <laughs> yes. Uh, speaking of subways, Elon Musk is creating that privatized su- uh, subway system uh, in Cal- in Los Angeles to get people from point A to point B, point B being Dodger Stadium. And um, Elon, you are a brilliant man uh, in most things. You have the money and the ingenuity to do it, and I thank you very much for it. But again, this is California, and we are earthquake country, and a subway is the dumbest idea here. A above-ground monorail probably would have been better for us. You kind of like really officially toast if you're in the subway in an earthquake, I would think. I would assume so. I mean, I'm sure he has the technology. He'll find ways to, to get them out of there. There'll be special pods and transports and whatever else. He's brilliant. But the idea of a subway in Los Angeles terrifies me. Well, yeah, because you're much closer to the molten core when it hits. <laughs> I mean, so you're, you're like right where the lava is about to come out. Right. And the yeah, gas that's, mains that's and the water point. mains and everything else yeah. and live electricity yeah, wires. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And yeah, and yeah. Uh, the Dodgers have suffered enough the past two seasons <laughs> losing in the World Series. And we don't want to, you know, augment it by, you know, killing their fans. That's hey. not cool. I've suffered enough trying to be on the 110 freeway. So, <laughs> I, you know, God bless you. Now, let's, you know, we always talk about we have, you know, because the world gives us so many sad stories to yes. discuss. Mm-hmm. And you and I like to laugh. But yes. tell them about Carl, the comedian Carlos Davis. Carlos and Davis. what he's been doing. Carlos Davis is, is a stand-up comic who I didn't hear of until today, actually. Um, I'm an acquaintance of the big bi- pygmy, Justin Wren, who is a uh, Bellator MMA heavyweight fighter. Uh, Justin was a drug addict who uh, came to Christianity and now fights. He wrote a book, Fight for the Forgotten, and he fights for the pygmies in Africa. And the majority yeah. of his purse goes to building wells in Africa, of which they've built over a thousand wells. Wow. And Justin loves to share inspirational stories and hopeful stories, especially in these tumultuous times, because people are so beaten over the head with the notion of if it bleeds, it leads, that he shared a video featuring uh, Carlos Davis, a stand-up comedian, and his Instagram handle is at Haha Davis. Carlos, we have to give you a huge plug. And please, Car- please do. And Carlos, uh, you can find it on the Fanboy Nation Instagram page or Justin Wren's Big Pygmy page. Um, Carlos and one of his uh, comedian buddies, who he tours with, overheard this lady at the pump having to pay uh, for her gas with pennies. So they pulled cash out of their pockets and gave this woman X amount of dollars because we, you know, obviously they didn't count it on screen, but you know, a, a stack of bills, and said, "Here, you know, we want to help you pay for your gas. You know, we are one family. We are, uh, you know, all human beings, and we need to take care of each other." And she was bawling because it turns out her husband just had passed away the week prior, and she had never been financially destitute until his passing, because as you know, funerals are uh, are so expensive. And um, so all they asked her to do was pay it forward. And if she had a chance in the future to help somebody else out, that she would be kind enough to return the favor in that manner. And so uh, Justin made me cry. I shared the video with you. I think I made you cry as well. Yes, I, yes, yes. And so Carlos Davis, uh, may God bless you and your family. 
and uh, thank you for being a uh, a decent human being, which is, I'm sorry, the worst compliment I can give you because we should all be decent. You are an amazing human being in a sea of commonality. As, as my people would call it, a mensch. Yes. A decent person. And, you know, I, normally we don't, lay, you don't point out um, wh- what someone happens to be. But I think in this case it's interesting that Carlos um, Davis is African-American. He is. And, and his it, friend was African-American. And, and it was an old was, uh, Caucasian woman. White woman. Yes. Yes. So, Especially you know, in these tumultuous times of exactly. this race baiting. Here yes. are people of two different ethnic origins, and the two races that are supposed to, supposedly supposed to be butting heads most in the United States, helping yep. each other out, and this was phenomenal. Well, yeah, and we we tend to forget um, that what we see, as you talk about, you know, if it bleeds, it leads. But mm-hmm. what we see in the media constantly is just bad. Mm-hmm. It's just negative, and the vast number of Americans are not like that. No, and we forget that. The vast number of Americans don't hate people because no. of you know, what they happen to be. It's just not like that, and it's good to see that we need to be reminded. You mm-hmm. know, and maybe if it sounds sappy, well, I'm glad it sounds sappy. You know what? I want sappy. Bring yes. sappy back. Yes, yes. We, we people in America, we care about each other, mm. and we get inflamed by others saying we should hate. Yes, and we should be sus- suspicious and paranoid, and attack people verbally, physically. Well, no, someone, you know, this wonderful. And I don't want to say that call. I don't know Carlos Davis. No. I'm not going to say he's a cut above the rest of people because he's. Most people are good people. But this action was a cut above most actions yeah. today. That's what we will say. And if yeah. he is an East Coast comic, I highly recommend you go see him. Just out of support. For for Carlos, uh, I don't know his tour dates, but look up Haha Davis on Instagram because that's where we found him. Thank you to Justin Wren, the big pygmy. Yes, and, and the whole thing about the pygmies now, I wasn't aware about um, the plight of the pygmies in Africa. Um, yes. I know there's a lot of you know, issues in, in, on the continent of Africa, but mm-hmm. in particular, I wasn't aware of that. They are uh, so oppressed and treated as third-class citizens, and just physically, emotionally, spiritually abused for just being pygmies, that um, Justin went out there, and once he got clean and sober and, and, uh, you know, came to Christianity, because I hate the phrase finding religion, because religion's always there, but, um, you know, the fact that he came to Christianity, and he's like, no, I have to pay it forward myself and help people, Justin goes and fights for the forgotten. So God bless Justin in every effort that he makes. He is one of the nicest guys in the world. And the only thing I am envious of in regards to Justin is his lion mane of hair. Really? He has well, glorious hair. You do not have hair. a lion mane of hair. No. You do uh, not have a lion mane, no. I do, I do not. Uh, Justin, Justin has Marsha Brady hair. And so I am extremely envious of him. And the only other man that I know that has Marsha Brady hair is the former head of PR for Dark Horse Comics, which was Ob Driver, who's now back on the East Coast as well. So those two, I am most jealous of their Marsha Brady hair. Now, um, let's talk. Let's talk a little politics, but not conventional politics. Okay. Politics and wrestling. Yes, um, which have gone to- hand to hand as of late. 
Yeah, so you want to uh, uh, take people through the whole um, WWE, Crown Jewel, Saudi Arabia, John Cena, Hulk Hogan. Okay. Um, WWE, World Wrestling Entertainment, formerly known as the World Wrestling Federation, as you and I both know, knew and loved it, and as you knew it previously, Worldwide Wrestling Federation. Right. Um, you know, has gone through many name changes, incarnations. Uh, three McMahons have run all three promotions. Uh, you know, uh, Vince Kennedy McMahon's grandfather, his father, and now him. And he'll be passing it on to the fourth generation if he ever so decides to retire. Um, <laughs> is a good friend. Because there's a long ways off. Oh, no. Yeah. That, yeah. I, I yeah. picture Vince dying at WrestleMania 50. Yes. And I that's the only way right. Triple yeah. H will take over. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're right. Um, but uh, Linda, Vince McMahon is very good friends with our current incumbent president, Donald Trump, uh, of which his wife, Linda McMahon, is the uh, head advisor. Or What's her official title? Please forgive me for butchering this. I'm but sure. but no. she is part of the cabinet and advisor of small business. And people think, mm-hmm. how did this billion-dollar corporation entity and the CEO, former COO of this billion-dollar corporation uh, be head of small business? It's because her and Vince were nearly destitute from 1979 to 1984 and gambled on a little thing called WrestleMania, which wasn't the first closed-circuit main event wrestling thing. It was the year before with the NWA and Jim Crockett promotions with Starcade. So it makes sense that they took this small, fledgling industry, uh, uh, regional promotion and turned it into the globalized uh, conglomerate that it is now. Um, because if I could just um, interject, you know, people forget that wrestling was regional yes. back in the day. It was, you know, there was the, you know, there was the mid-Atlantic, there was the NWA, the Minneapolis, the upper Midwest area, the mm-hmm. Georgia wrestling, and right. the Von Erichs in Texas. So, you know, and then the WWF right. with Vince McMahon Sr. So it was, a diff- it was totally different. And this mm-hmm. was also the days before cable television right. and the Internet. So it was just a, a whole – it was not quite what it became thanks to Vince Jr. Right. And so it makes sense for them to be – or for Linda to at least be on this committee. But the thing is, is that – since Vince and Donald Trump are very good friends and the United States and Saudi Arabia have very good business relations. I don't want to say we're in good relations with the Saudis um, because God knows I am confused by that being of Middle Eastern ancestry myself with how, with how that happened. But uh, politics, what's that? Well, oil. Yes. Oil. Oil. You know, know, it's, it's oil. Mm-hmm. And it's Saudis um, being a bulwark against the Soviet Union, going back to the Cold War. Uh, you know, the Soviets um, were on the side of um, most of the Arab world. They yeah. poised against Israel, but then there were, even though Israel and Saudi Arabia are enemies, uh, on paper, friends. You know, it's, it's <laughs> right, right. back channel, right, exactly. Um, it's totally. But so there's, you know, the yeah. Saudis and um, Kuwait and, and the Arab, you know, the the, the Arab oligarchies, um, they look to, to America um, for protection. And, right. Uh, so, the, you know, it's strange bedfellows. Right. And so, uh, you know, uh, the the showdowns that have come about, Vince McMahon had cut a deal with 
the Saudi prince, and they are running X amount of shows throughout the next, I think, five years, two to five years in Saudi Arabia and Riyadh. But of course, the women can't uh, perform there. So that's how we got Evolution, thankfully, which was probably the best WWE pay-per-view of the year. And um, unfortunately, a Saudi-American journalist who was seeking political asylum in the United States for having uh, criticized harshly the Saudi prince, uh, was in Turkey. I believe he worked for the Washington Post. Yes, I believe so, yeah. And went to the Saudi embassy and was assassinated. At the embassy, because that's Saudi soil, every embassy is your sovereign nation, essentially, within a different nation. So the U.S. embassy in France is American soil. The Turkish embassy in Russia is Turkish soil, et cetera, et cetera, for people that don't understand what the embassy truly is. And um, he was assassinated. So even President Aragon of Turkey wants justice for this man, which is unheard of that he'd want any sort of well, justice. Exactly. Because he's, he's a filthy, ruthless dictator. Absolutely. So, and, and still a genocide denier of the Assyrian, Armenian, and Greek genocide. Yes. The Christian genocide of 1915 still denies it. Uh, I'm not going to Turkey anytime soon, so I'll be talking. And, um, no, me, me neither. And uh, so... Uh, he was assassinated there. Well, as an American, we should be appalled. As Americans, we should be appalled. As world citizens, we should be appalled. On top of it, but well, also, um, as, as you say, we're, we're um, the United States and the Saudis are allies. Right. We sell them weapons. Mm -hmm. We support them um, in in their in their wars um, against uh, Yemen, for example. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the rebels in, in, in Yemen, and it was a pretty ruthless prosecution of that war. Um, right. now, the Saudis are. Um, one of the, the linchpins against Iranian mm -hmm. expansionism. So, you know, it gets kind of complicated. Your eyes right. cross, but the fact is that the Saudis are somewhat our allies on paper. Yes. Let's um, remember 1973 oil boycott mm -hmm. when um, OPEC tried yes. to cripple the Western democracies because they supported Israel, well, primarily the United States and some mm -hmm. European countries allowed American resupply planes right. um, to fly to Israel, which had been attacked by the Arab countries. And let us, of course, not forget that of the 19 um, monsters behind 9-11, mm -hmm. 15 were Saudi right. citizens. And to say that the Saudi world government did not know about that, or mm -hmm. if it didn't plan it, and mm -hmm. they at least had some inkling. They right. had some knowledge of it. And which is something which has been um, concealed by the Bush administration. And I'm not a conspiracy by any right. stretch of the nation. But well, the Bush administration redacted. Right. The Obama administration redacted. Mm -hmm. The Obama administration fought against American citizens being allowed to sue the Saudis, mm -hmm. um, you know, victims of 9-11. Right. So it's kind of a, a tortured end plus, and I'm just I'm going to turn it back to you. Let's remember... There is, you know, the crown prince is uh, a reformer. And you can't see me putting my fingers up, but I put that in quotes. In air quotes, yes. In air quotes, definitely in air quotes. Uh, because now there might be, um, he wants to modernize the society to a degree, but he's mm -hmm. not going to go beyond the religion. Right. Um, you know, and women are still second class citizens, obviously, by mm -hmm. not being allowed to participate in crown jewel. Certainly Christians, Jews, if there are many in Saudi Arabia, are second class citizens. Days, forget about it. Well, we're only allowed uh, in Riyadh. Right. 
Uh, we're not allowed in any other city in Saudi Arabia, Christians or Jews. Um, yes. Also, Sami Zayn, who is a Syrian Muslim, will not perform in Saudi Arabia because of the uh, I- political issues between Saudi Arabia and Syria and how the Saudis refuse to help the Syrian people. Um, uh, Mojo Rowley is of, I believe, either Lebanese or Syrian ancestry. And he did not perform at any of the Saudi shows either, because, again, Lebanon and Syria do not always have the best relations with the Saudis, but the Lebanese will definitely take Saudi money when they come as tourists to Lebanon. Um, So uh, something people don't fully understand about what they like to call the Arab world, because it's very simple to refer to it as such. Um, Lebanon, Syria, and Palestine, uh, and parts of Jordan, also, all of Iraq, or major, a majority of Iraq, are not ethnic Arabs. And the Arabs will get mad at me for saying this. But they are not ethnic Arabs, historically. They are Arabized. Hmm. The, the only real Arabs, and I will include uh, Egypt in this as being Arabized, not Arabs. The only real Arabs are the Gulf states. So Saudi Arabia, Qatar... Uh, United Arab Emirates, Yemen, Oman. These are the real Arabs. These are the ethnic Arabs. Everybody else is Arabized, whether... Meaning what? What did you say? Arabized meaning what? Meaning like Americanized, you know, uh, the the heavy Arab influence. Okay. Uh, Lebanese Arabic is often, often or not anymore, but used to be uh, referred to as Franco-Larab, which is uh, French Arabic. Because uh, there's a lot of French influence having been a French colony. Uh, Egyptian Arabic still has a lot of Coptic words still involved in there. Uh, Iraqi Arabic actually still has a bunch of uh, Aramaic words thanks to, thanks to the indigenous Assyrio-Babylonian population. Same with Syria having uh, the indigenous Aramean population. Not Armenian, Aramean, so the Syriac pe- uh, peoples, which are related to the Assyrians and Babylonians or modern-day Chaldeans. Um, so the entire Mediterranean coast from, for Syria, Lebanon, and Palestine are technically Levant Greeks because of the Canaanites, the Philistines, and the Phoenicians. Uh, so whenever you heard of the Greek Levant, that's Turkey, Syria, uh, Lebanon, and Palestine. Uh, so they're ethnic Greeks. That's why, because my mother is Lebanese and you'll see me with very fair skin but with uh, you know a hint of olive, thanks to my Semitic father, these are our Hellenic roots in Lebanon. With my blue eyes and my mother's green eyes, those are our Hellenic roots. Um, so they knew uh, that we are not ethnic Arabs, and that the Arabized of Iraq and eastern Syria are actually Assyrio-Babylonian Syriac peoples. Um, that's why they didn't welcome them in, the Muslim refugees into Saudi Arabia, because they don't view them as real Arabs, because they're not ethnic Arabs. They're Arabized. Okay. Yeah. I I know it's confusing, but it's... It is, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. But they will never publicly admit it. Yeah. Uh, they'll sit yeah. there and go, oh, you know, Arab, 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 until it comes time to help somebody, and they're like, no, 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 you're from there. Because that's the underlining factor of, You've been Arabized. Same way as an, as an immigrant becomes Americanized because they are American, but their ethnic roots are somewhere else. 
This is, they are Arabized, even though their ethnic roots are something else in the region. That's why you'll see Sami Zayn as a ginger, because Sami looks like a Levant Greek, you know, Syrian, uh, Syrian person. He might call himself an Arab, but the Saudis will remind you with their actions that you're not an Arab because you're not welcome in Saudi Arabia. Okay. Yeah. All right. This is fascinating. Yeah. I did not know that. So with the crown jewel thing, uh, pardon my detour, um, we sit there and we go in, and now John Cena refused to perform there. Daniel Bryant ref- refused to uh, perform there. Um, financial leaders had begged Vince McMahon not to go perform in Saudi Arabia after the assassination of this journalist. And for some reason, and Donald Trump um, had said there would be an investigation into the disappearance of, of this journalist. So I don't know if that's going through or not. Hopefully, Mr. President, it does. Yeah. Um, and it might tarnish our relations, but Vince, for some reason, did not break his contract and his financial obligations to the Saudis and went and performed in Riyadh, uh, which is disheartening in, in my opinion. And I hate saying in my opinion because it's coming out of my mouth, so of course it's my opinion. Um, I don't well, think must sh- have, there must have been a lot of money involved. Uh, yes, there is a, a huge financial gain involved. I don't remember the exact numbers. I'll, we'll have to check with a uh, friend of the show and your personal confidant, Bill Apter, who would know the exact numbers. Um, but, the, you know, big money was involved, and I think it was a half a billion contract for the two to five years in the amount of shows that w- would be performed in Saudi Arabia. Um, anyone that is a citizen of the world should be terrified that the Saudi prince had this journalist assassinated. Um, especially him being an American citizen. Uh, but I think he had dual citizenship, but he was getting married in, in Turkey. And um, the interesting thing is having been shunned for a racist rant, Hulk Hogan made his return to the WWE at Crown Jewel in Saudi Arabia. Now, wh- how did that happen? Uh, I mean, what do you think? Why do you think that happened? Why they chose... Hogan just because of a huge name? Well, because... They had to give something? Well, the Saudi prince was, is a huge fan of 80s and up-to-attitude era WWF. And who mm-hmm. was bigger than Hulk Hogan in professional wrestling? Yes. yes. So you have Hulk Hogan, that, along with Vince McMahon, that built the national audience for professional wrestling in the United States. And eventually jumping ship to world championship wrestling and being a founding member of the NWO. Hogan's legacy ran 25 years easy from the 1970s when he started off as Terry Boulder all the way to Hollywood Hulk Hogan. So, of course, they'd want him there. And there's, you know, I think enough time has passed since Hogan's rant and his public repentance. I don't know about his personal repentance of his racist views uh, against uh, African-American people. Um, So we'll see. Probably doesn't bother the Saudis too much, so. Uh, no. Uh, yeah, and I could be too troubled by that, right? Yeah, I, I don't want to say one way or the other, but the uh, Middle East is not too fond of certain ethnic identities. If they're not fond yeah. of indigenous ethnic identities within the Middle East, they're not going to be fond of foreign identities coming yes. to the Middle East. You know, unless, of course, money is to be made or some sort of entertainment is there, of course. So what do you think McMahon uh, should have done? Should he have just pulled out and I, swallowed the, the loss? I mean, this is the issue. 
I would have, if it was me, I would have pulled out, swallowed the loss, wait for the investigation to come through. And if he truly, and it, all the evidence comes back, 100% that he was assassinated by the Saudi government within the embassy. Because we still haven't recovered the body. So we don't know where he is. Uh, did they chop it up? Supposedly. Yeah. You know, but we don't know if they burned it afterwards. We don't know if they put it through a wood chipper. God only knows. And um, I would have pulled out, taken the loss, and then I would have cut a deal with the president of Dubai or the uh, the royal family of Dubai. I'm sorry. And then done well, something yeah, with the Emiratis. Yes. We have, but okay. So I see that point. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't disagree. But you could disagree about performing in Saudi Arabia before then. Absolutely, because the they, women were neglected. I mean, we're yes. we're ignoring the fact that the women were neglected, which shouldn't have been, you know, which shouldn't have happened to begin with, with the la- with the Super Royal Rumble or what was it called, World's Greatest or Greatest Royal Rumble. But um, I understood the financial gain and that the women out of that got their own pay per view. But in the midst of a world event that a journalist was killed for doing his job as being the fourth estate is even more horrifying. Money talks. Absolutely. Are, are wealthy and powerful and influential within that region. Yes. And let's say that this had happened in Spain, a Catholic country. Oh, no, none uh, of this would have stood. They would have burned down no. the entire country. Yes. Well, yes, so there is the double – now, there's there's a double standard. Mm-hmm. There's always a double standard. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, America is often criticized for, um, in this instance and others, for allying themselves with dictatorships. Yes. And sometimes you have no choice. Mm-hmm. First of all, most of the world is not free. So no. you, the, the pool is – China is is a lim- is limited to that. You have national security interests, right? And and you have to swallow unpleasant friendships. Uh, which to again quote my beloved Winston Churchill, uh, mm-hmm. speaking of Joseph Stalin during World War II, he said sometimes you ha- you have to walk across halfway across the bridge with the devil to get to the other side, and it's uh, you know it's an unfortunate way of life. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I think that they could have. I think with fans, the WWE should have done something more at, official. At the very least, postpone it. Yes, something. At the absolute very yet. least. Because, look, I'm, a, I'm an, an opponent of the BDS, the Boycott, Divestment, and Sanctions Movement mm-hmm. against Israel, mm-hmm. which is used, you know, claiming Israel, this and that. I'm not going to. You know, getting into that issue right. necessarily, but there are many instances where nations are singled out, right? Fairly or unfairly, mm-hmm. and yet we do business with them, and performers mm-hmm. perform there and look the other way. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm sure there's many um, performers go to China. American right. businesses work with China, which is a, a, a ruthless dictatorship. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, it you go back into the 1930s, Hollywood. At that time, the studios were run by the, well, the almost exclusively by Jewish immigrants. Right. Um, it did no movies about the Third Reich. No. It had to be Charlie Chaplin's The Great Dictator in 1940. Yes. Because they didn't want to disrupt uh, the uh, the market for their product in Germany. It wasn't until uh, Jack Warner 
went and saw what was happening to in to Europe. That that's when I think that was 1939. Yeah. Was when he got in bed with the federal government and saying, "All right, you guys want propaganda movies? Uh, yeah, let's do. It. Well, let's do it." Uh, yeah. But it, it took Warner a trip back home to Europe yeah. to light the fire under his ass before he did anything. Yes. Yeah. So this, you know, money, this is business. Mm-hmm. And people want to, you know, sell, you know, albums and movies yeah. Yeah. and tickets. And that's kind of sick. So you could single out Saudi, but there's other nations you could single out mm-hmm. as well. And again, I'm not, you know, as we know on the show, we try to explain. Right. Doesn't mean I'm, you know, talking about no. oh, it's okay for what no, 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 no. this, but um, you just kind of wonder, you know, going back should McMahon right. have set up some scholarship right. for the family of the mm-hmm. guy of, yeah. of Khashoggi? I'm, I'm not even going to try to pronounce his name. Uh, so there's different things that you could protest mm-hmm. without boycotting. You know, you go back to 19, right. um, eight, 1979 when the, the, um, the Soviet Union invaded Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. And President Carter um, said, "Okay, we're not participating in the um, in the Olympics in Moscow." Yeah. Now, that was a political statement using innocent amateur athletes mm-hmm. and denying Americans Which, who were trained very hard to to go to the Olympics. And do you know who missed out on that Olympics? Keeping in theme with professional wrestling, who? Emily Doyle, also known as. Glows Mountain Fiji. Really? She was a shot putter and made the 1980 U.S. Olympic team. And could not go to fulfill her dream to be an Olympian. But, but, okay, so I, but are there points where there should be a boycott? And that's, see, that's the gray area. Mm -hmm. Because we in you know 1936, the 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 uh, the um, Summer Olympics were in Berlin, right? And giving you know Hitler respectability, and he was very upset when it blew up in his face, and a, and a black and, guy named Jesse Owens won. Yes, <laughs> right. Uh, but I, I agree with you. And then our but don't forget our sanctions. I'm sorry to to just slightly diverge from from our Olympic uh, discussion, but. You know why are we? Why have we been in bed with China for so long? Other than financial reasons, of course, with their dictatorship. Yet we put sanctions ninety miles away from our coast with Cuba, and to this day, still implement uh, two thirds of them. I agree with you. Look, I am not a fan of Barack Obama, mm-hmm. but I will say that him um, lifting, uh, you know, travel to Cuba mm-hmm. and trying to open the door was one of the few good things he did. Yes. I will yeah, agree with you on that. It was long overdue. It was like enough already. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, he was criticized while well, you didn't um, get them to change their government, but they weren't about to. It, it's like when they criticized Trump with um, North Korea, well, where did they you know, change their behavior of their dictatorship? Well, it doesn't work that way. It's not, you know, you don't have that kind of leverage. Listen, you don't have that right either. Hate President Trump all you want. You have to absolutely admit that of the previous 11 incumbents, not a single one of them made an effort to broker that deal between North and South Korea. Yes. And that's just American leaders. 
We're not even talking about the Japan, uh, excuse me, the Japanese, the French, the Chinese, or the English leaders that had a hand in everything that was going on over there. And of course, he didn't get the credit. Oh, Barack Obama would have been um, given the Nobel Peace Prize. He got the Peace uh, Prize for showing up. Yes, like was it uh, two weeks after he became president? Yes. Yeah. So, you know, even even. I'm not going to say he was embarrassed because nothing that echoes his name mm. would embarrass Barack Obama, but Trump should have got um, the Peace Prize for that. But the good thing is, when's the last time you heard any screaming hysterical headlines about the Korean Peninsula? You don't. It's like mm. it's very quiet. Yeah. I'm sure you know progress is being made, mm-hmm. but there's no threats of World War Three of them. You know, nuking Orange County or Japan, or or yes. you ride Japan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's something to be said yeah. about that. It's, it's a strange world. Yeah. And you know, you talk about the Arab world, which has been united on certain issues, but of course there are many different countries and mm-hmm. many different peoples, yeah. and they're not the same and not yeah. even remotely. You can't just say the Arab world. Well, what does that mean? It's like saying it's, not it's very Europe. easy to what? sit there and say, you know, for the headline, because we're not the British world. We, we're speaking English right now. Yeah. So technically, if we use that Arab world ideology terminology, then we should technically be the British world because we're speaking English. Yes. So, yeah. You know, and I, I think you and I have discussed this privately. You know, the term anti-Semitic bothers me in regards to the Palestinians because they're also Semites. Right. So. Right. You know, when I refer to the Palestinians and their dislike or disdain for Israel, I always refer to them as either anti-Jewish, which most of them are mm-hmm. not, but they are anti-Zionism yes, or anti-Israeli, you know, Israeli politics. But they can't be anti-Semitic when they're Semitic peoples. Well, you know, one of my favorites, mm-hmm. um, Reverend Louis Farrakhan, was in Iran mm-hmm. this week, and he was chanting death to the USA. And... You wonder, how does he keep a passport? I don't know, which is hilarious because three-fourths of Iran loves American culture. Yes. Yeah, he was chanting, you know, the great Satan and throwing down his anti-Jewish stuff, his his hatred and everything. And yet this man continues to travel to Twitter. Well, look, we we don't want to give him any more um, airtime than he deserves, which is like zero. Right. He deserves zero. Uh, let's talk some um, movies. Okay. Now, last week you talked about Bohemian Rhapsody. I did, which is, this is also a great, uh, a great bonus to our apartheid conversation and, you know, money grabs. Because Queen had played Sun City during the height of apartheid in South Africa. That wasn't in the movie, though. It was not in the movie because you have to whitewash no. the movies <laughs> at some point to clean things up. Yeah. So talk about money grab and now also transitioning to movies. Queen did play Sun City in South Africa during apartheid. But I'm sorry. We did talk about the movie last week. And uh, you finally saw it. And I want to know your take on the movie. I just loved it. Mm -hmm. Um, I I thought it was inspiring. The music was wonderful. Mm -hmm. I thought Rami Malek, I agree with you, he deserves an Oscar nomination. He was just brilliant, absolutely Mm -hmm. brilliant. I learned things about him, his his heritage, for example, that I did not know mm-hmm. um, at, at all. I was very surprised by that uh, because he always looked very light skinned. Mm-hmm. Uh, Freddie Mercury was, yeah, and um, so I was surprised when he when they referred to him as a packy, you know, the, right. the derogatory t- 
embrace the British derogatory term, which I, I, I believe embraces anyone of Arabic background. Uh, Arab, Arabic background. Let's see, Arab, Persian, and uh, East Indian. So Pakistani, Indian, and uh, from Bangladesh as well. Right. So Paki is, yeah. you know, a, a pejorative. Yes. Uh, and I, I, but I thought it, it was, it had gotten. Well, I'm going to tell you a bit. I, I thought I, I, I cried at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though Freddie Mercury was not always the nicest man, mm-hmm. uh, he was just such an enormous talent. Yes. And you can It is. E- it's easy to forget the many wonderful, wonderful songs mm-hmm. that Queen gave us, and Freddie Mercury yes. with his enormous gifts gave us, and he was among the very first celebrities to die mm-hmm. of AIDS. Yes. Uh, back when you did, that was it. When you, it was you a got, death sentence. Um, yes. Yeah. There was no now, thank God and, and medical science, uh, people are living with yes. HIV. And, you know, hopefully someday they'll just get have find a cure, but at least people have hope they can um, lead normal lives. Which yes. Is, again, you want to talk about, there's no, we don't hear about the Korean Peninsula, and we don't hear about the AIDS epidemic, at least in the United States. No, not in the United States. Rap- you know, it's, it's ravaging Africa. Mm-hmm. It's horrible. Uh, but, it, you know, with, if we're going to just be a little xenophobic here in, in the United States, it has really, uh, with, you know, safe sex and education mm-hmm. and I think sheer terror right. people have learned. So I, I loved uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. I strongly recommend it. Mm-hmm. It got it did great box office. I think it they were done because it there was so much controversy. As, Eight as, years and the director... Yes, the director uh, and his, uh, and his hemophilia allegations. Yes, but I, will, I will continue I to mention his hemophilia allegations, and please feel free to sure, mention please his name. Do. Please say it clearly, yeah. uh, and we will attach the hemophilia allegation. Yes, yes, because he's he's pond scum, mm. and I and we were we we talked before because it didn't get great reviews. No, it it was very mixed. A lot of criticism. I mean. Over and over, I kept I read. Well, this isn't the biopic that Queen and Freddie Mercury deserved, and I'm not quite sure what else they think it, they deserved. I mean, it told the story, mm-hmm. the drama, the struggle, the music. Right. Uh, you know, people were not always uh, flatteringly portrayed. No. They were as real people as they right. were as jerks, and I don't know what more. Except that, as I think you pointed out. Uh, it's it probably is because of um, the director and people mm-hmm. did not want to give him the credit. I, I fully agree with that. Although for some reason Roman Polanski still gets credit and praise well, for all his horrible shenanigans. Also of heb- also uh, a proponent of hebophilia because he likes the teenagers. Yes, um, hebophilia yes. is also uh, for those that don't understand the term pedophilia is commonly used for for anyone under the age of consent. Dep- depending on what country it is, but pedophilia is actually pre-adolescent uh, attraction to those pre-adolescent. Hebophilia is early to mid-adolescent, so between the ages of say twelve to fifteen is hebophilia, and so I want to use the accurate terminology for that. Uh, both and both uh, inappropriate and disgusting, yes. but they are two different terms that need to be used and distinguished. And I also saw um, First Man, which I know opened last month, so I'm a little behind the curve. 
Okay. Uh, which I which which is the um, the story of Neil Armstrong. Now and did you see it at the Dollar thing. Theater? No. Oh, okay. I did not know. I, but I but I saw it for free. I went to I got to, went to a universal screening. Mm-hmm. My wife and I on Saturday afternoon, which was lovely, a really comfy leather screening seats um, in in the small theater. But there was no leg room. It's almost okay. like they said, okay, we're going to give you uh, your really comfy seats. But your legs are going to be cramped, and you're going to have to like hold them up to your chest. I see. And I was like, come on! But they did give free popcorn, which okay. my wife was very happy about. I'm always and, happy when I get yeah. free popcorn. Yes, free popcorn, free soda, you, and the movie's free. Let's not fetch too much, Gary. All right, let's you know take it down a notch. But this movie was um, very controversial in part, in large part, is because as, as everyone knows. Um, Apollo was an American mission. Mm-hmm. It was not a Bulgarian um, mission. It was, you know, American. And the great moment when Neil Armstrong um, steps onto the moon and he plants the American flag, they removed that. And wait, they like, removed the American yeah. flag? Yes, and he didn't doesn't plant the American flag. And it's like, why? Why not? Uh, it, it, they, their excuse was, well, we wanted to see. Th- this to be shown as as a as a triumph of humanity. Well, he does say, you know, one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. No one's saying it's we we're not there as human beings, mm-hmm. but we're wearing American patches. America did it, right? Only America did it. And, right. Russia and went to space did, first, and then we went to the moon right. first. Yes. This is and, no secret. No, and they they leaned a little bit into the Cold War. Mm-hmm. I think they could have done it a little more, but um, because I think it would have been uh, you know, more interesting to talk about the, 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 the paranoia mm-hmm. that rushes in space, but at least they did, you know, the director did um, uh, delve into that. But then why cut it out other than because Hollywood can't help itself by giving the finger to its country? It's like they could just couldn't bring themselves to say, okay, yeah, America did something astonishing. Because there was no, you didn't have to have him show planting the flag and have an entire storyline. Mm-hmm. Just plant the, that's it. It's iconic. Right. And so, but aside from that, mm-hmm. aside from that, because I already knew that, so I had already ranted and raved about it and processed it. The movie was is really good. Okay. And uh, it's really good. It's low key in a mm-hmm. sense. Uh, it, I was thinking, well, if it had been in the hands of Steven Spielberg, I'm not a big fan of his, mm-hmm. it would have been raised to a glitzier level. Okay. And it was really about people. You really felt you knew them. And again, there was some comments how they made Neil Armstrong um, seem kind of neurotic. And, but he's a person. Why wouldn't he be? Mm-hmm. I mean, he had personal issues. He lost his, his daughter. Um, I think she looked, she was about two years old. It was terrible from cancer, you know, horrible. And he was just a person. Right. And to be an astronaut back then, it was scary. I mean, to be an astronaut, astronaut now is scary. Yes. Yes. But um, astronauts died. Mm-hmm. I'm amazed more didn't. I'm amazed more don't. And I thought it was, I thought Ryan Gosling uh, was terrific. And uh, Claire Foy was wonderful as his wife. And you know, get Jason Clark and um, Kyle Chandler. You had just a, and on and on. You had a really, really terrific cast. So I think if you could put aside the politics that Hollywood 
insists on injecting, mm-hmm. I think you'll really, really enjoy it, and especially because the, 1969, we're talking nearly 50 years ago, yeah. and people forget uh, what it was like and the world we lived in, and you worried, well, if the Soviet Union got to the moon first, well, the next step is launching missiles at mm-hmm. Washington, because right. that was our fear, and who knows if they would not have done that. They were not nice people. <laughs> so I, I strongly recommend that, and um, tonight... I'm going to see a screening of the girl in the spider tattoo. Ah, very nice. Tonight I am going to be seeing a screening of Stan and Ollie, the Laurel and Hardy biopic. Now t- tell me, I know you haven't you have to see it first, yes. but talk about that because I love Laurel and Hardy. Yes. Okay, talk about people who are forgotten. Right. Um except for people like us. <laughs> I love those days. Yeah. Yes. Uh, it is a John S. Uh, Beard film, a B-A-I-R-D, forgive me for uh, mispronouncing the, uh, your name, uh, starring Steve Coogan and John C. Riley. And it goes from the, time, the vaudevillian times through the breakup of the, of the duo, uh, from what the trailer depicts at least. And, um, you know, the health issues that they went through with, all their performing and the emotional strain and, you know, um, Stan Laurel having been the actual brains behind the duo. And he played the stumbling fool. Yes. And he was brilliant at it. And you would have never guessed in a million years that Stan Laurel was as brilliant as he was. And Steve Coogan playing him is my God. I mean, perfect choice. And John yeah. C. Riley puts on a fat suit, and I didn't. I, in the trailer, I had no idea it was him. I mean, for him, it, it, he's going to have stiff competition. It's I, I'm I'm looking at the Oscars now as Rami Malek, um, John C. Riley uh, as uh, Oliver Hardy, and uh, possibly um, what's his name, uh, Brandon Cooper for uh, Star Is Born. Even though you know my take on remakes, oh. and he had three models prior to this one, so it shouldn't get the praise that it got. Everyone told me, <laughs> everyone told me it's a great Good. film. You need to see it. And I said, yeah. listen, he yeah. had three models prior to this. It better be a great film. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm going to wait to get a screener of that because I'm a member of, the, of BAFTA, so I vote. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure I'll get that. Um, but I've, I've seen, you know, been there, done it. But you know, I'm going to wait until I see it. But you're, you're right. I'm curious. I know mm-hmm. we don't have much time left. Mm-hmm. I'll be curious to see who goes to see Stan and, and Ollie. Me. And I'll go see it again. Well, Just because I, I, I love would, period yeah. pieces of this uh, this sort. Yes. But, you know, those mm-hmm. um, wonderful comedic teams, mm-hmm. you know, the Abbott and Costello, uh, you know, it was the beloved Lou Costello who was really the jerk, an mm-hmm. awful person in real life. And that's what they Abbott said. Sweet guy. Yeah, that's apparently... Uh, you know, we, we forget the legacy yeah. of what these people brought to, to, to entertainment. Martin and, and Lewis. Uh, that's right. I mean, brilliant. You know, yeah. for Dean Martin to be a straight man, that's hard. Mm-hmm. You know, and then the fact, uh, you know, uh, Lucy, and De- uh, Lucy and Desi Arnaz, Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz, yeah. uh, Burns and Allen, you know. Yes. The, the Marx Brothers. I mean, yes. you know, it's just the Stooges. Mm-hmm. Hello. I mean, how can you not love the Stooges? People don't. So, no. Yeah, people don't remember them. Yeah. And that's, you know, all right. On that, 
on that note. On that downturn? <laughs> no, on that upturn. Happy Election Day again, everyone. Please vote. And yes. we're, we're going to talk all about it next week. This yes. is Gary Morgenstein from and, Brooklyn, author of the sci-fi baseball novel, A Mound Over Hell. And this is R.C. Samo, founder of Fanboy Nation, Fangirl Nation. Again, to quote Gary, vote. We don't care for who, so long as you do. <laughs>